radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. It's the Monty Show. Good Monday, November 15, 2021. One of the last full weeks of the year for the Monty Show. It's amazing, dude. Finally. It feels good, admittedly. We've made it. We made it. A week from now will be our last show of November. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Yep. You're a week and a day away from hopping on a jet. I know, dude. Going to get some taco surf in L.A. Yep. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It is. You actually had a... uh, covid delta Airlines scare last night yeah i mean they just don't update the information on their website so it's hard to tell you know you got to go digging for it and go into like you know the filing cabinet on the delta app you were about to lose your mind last night we'll talk about that we'll talk about the trip coming up we got a lot planned for this trip i mean are are you ready yeah i I mean mean, you have a girlfriend now so uh, i don't actually you know no i don't I mean, you're otherwise spoken for. Uh, no, I'm not, actually. You know. I'm not. Okay. No. Nope. We'll talk about your date from Saturday night. Yeah. Go Hawks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. No, that's not what happened. That is not what happened. We got to start, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, we got to start with my, our, and yours, the uh, Utah Jazz. Um, who have lost four of five all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, including just a dominant performance by the Miami Heat at Vivint Arena, which was, I think, shocking to everybody. And the question I think that has to be asked at this point about the Utah Jazz is, what's wrong? What is the issue? And very clearly for me, I think the issue with the Utah Jazz is defense and just straight up a lack of urgency. This is a team that is playing with no edge. This is a team that you can tell, in, in my opinion, believes, oh, well, it, it's very early in the season. We got all kinds of time, so we're just going to play some basketball. And there is a real sense um, that all of a sudden you've lost four or five and you don't know how you got here. And, Jake, I guess the bigger question is, if you don't know how you got here, how do you how do you get away from here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's a real solid answer on that yet. I think that the Jazz are – you know, a team right now that is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but trying to find their stride still. You know, it seems like, you know, we've got a, a guy here or a guy there who's struggling, right? Like, you know, Jordan Clarkson, as an example, struggling struggling to make the three ball. You know, you've got, um, you know, other guys that you're having to load manage. You know, we're not seeing a lot of Jared Butler. Like, there's all these little things that are kind of, you know, in play for the team. And it's just kind of adding up to, you know, sort of, a, you know, an odd time in their season. I mean, certainly, you know, there was a bunch of jokes going around Twitter over the weekend about fans hitting the panic button and freaking out and the season's over. And it's not. I mean, you're just you're just going through a, a bit of a rough patch here and you have to figure out how to get back on the same page as a team. And, and, I, and I think that the real reason this is happening is because defenses have figured out the Jazz, you know? And, and if you watch these games, you you're, you know what I mean. Teams are playing aggressive perimeter defense. They're not allowing the Jazz to just take a ton of wide-open threes. And they they understand that because the Jazz are pretty much, not, you know, not really that athletic overall, 
that if they just keep the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands, they're going to be in a good spot. And so that's why I still maintain that there needs to be some roster moves made to bring athleticism to this team, to bring, you know, I, I don't know who the name is, but I, all I'm saying is an athletic wing who, who can at least play defense. Yeah, I don't need the guy to be a scoring champion. I don't need him to be the best player in the league, but just somebody who can hold their own individually on the defensive end because once that starts happening, the Jazz are going to be able to turn defense into offense and they're going to get back to doing what they do best, which is which is through which is basically being an elite 3 and D team. Yeah, and I don't know that there is getting back to your best. I guess that's the question with this group. Because I think one thing that's very difficult to get away from here um, is that the Utah Jazz are not a better team than they were last year. They are significantly worse this year than they were last year. Even if it's just execution, this team has backslid significantly. And one of the things that really stands out to you is defensively, they are worse than they were last year. And there's not a quick fix for that. Because if you look at the guys on the floor and if you look at the guys um, that you know are performing subpar below standard, defensively, it's guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. Well, you're not getting better defensively if you're Boyan Bogdanovich. Joe Ingles is not going to improve defensively um, at this stage in his career. And I think, Jake, the bigger issue for me is I don't think there's a fix for this team on a consistent basis. They should have beat the Miami Heat. Yeah. Right? They didn't shoot well. I don't know how you get Jordan Clarkson back on track from three because I also think that's a, a pretty big issue. Mm -hmm. But systemically, the system that the Utah Jazz are playing, A, has to change. And B, they need an influx of talent. That's the only way they're going to get back into the championship discussion, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a shock to the system to see the Jazz losing at home. I, I mean, this is a team that, that you know, for the longest time, you were going to the Viv to die. <laughs> I mean, that's what road teams were doing. You were going into that arena to lose by 20. And and it, let's remember where what, what we were talking about with this team last year, which was... You know, hey, even if they had a rough first half, you always knew the third quarter they were going to come out on like a 20 to 5 run and either get back in the game or put the game away. And we don't really see that anymore. And and so I I don't know if it's a, if it's an issue of, you know, guys like Bogey and Joe are are just older players now and and not getting it done. Is it an issue of you know, like is is Rudy's shortcomings offensively, you know, are they shiny more because defenses know how to stop the Jazz now? Like, like I, I don't think it's one specific thing, but what I can tell you, you know, definitively and confidently is that this team just needs something new on the roster. Like, I know they added Hassan, right? Like, I know, you know, they added Eric Paschal, but, but those guys are role players. We need... We need someone to come in here as a starter, a starting caliber player in the NBA to come in and, and be a difference maker, to bring a different dynamic. Uh, like, think about it. If if you could, if Don could bring the ball up, you know, and get it to, uh, you know, again, like a Jalen Brown-esque player. I don't think they'll be able to get a guy on that level, but but somebody who can play the wing like that, I mean, that totally changes the offense and what they're able to do. So that's that's what I think the, the mindset has to be is the trade deadline comes and goes who can we get what like because you're not gonna be able to get like the one of the best players in the league that's just not gonna happen but there's got to be someone out there that they're targeting to to try and get to make a difference well and you know the other thing that comes to mind is you you look at the best teams in the NBA right now um, I mean obviously Golden State is cooking um, there's no question about that 
Um, I think you look at the Bulls and the Warriors. I mean, that game was wildly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at, you know, Bulls and or like Warriors, Hornets. Like you look at the way the best teams in the NBA right now are playing, and it is the exact opposite of what the Jazz are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the mid-range game is critical, uh, and I think it's one of the things that really lacks for this Jazz team. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a lot more mid-range game. Well, and what did we see Jordan Clarkson do in that stretch against the Heat? He got really hot there. at the. I think it was like at the end of the first half where – you know, he puts up like 14 points in like less than three minutes or whatever. Just is unconscious at that point in the game. In the mid range, is a lot to do with it. The elbow jumper, the you know coming off the screen, like like so you're, you're totally right. Yeah. The mid range has made its comeback. Yeah, and I, I think when I look at when I look at the way like Demar Derozan dominating the Clippers last night, all of that is mid range. Mm-hmm. You know, that's free throw line pull ups. I look at the way the Lakers. Getting Talon Horton Tucker back, what is he doing? He's attacking the basket and pulling up and shooting. But isn't that the perfect example of, of what we're talking about with the Jazz here? That's a great example. Yeah. Talon Horton Tucker comes back for the Lakers, a team that's struggling to kind of, you know, I, I still think the Lakers are trying to find themselves and figure out, like, how exactly they're going to go about winning ball games with this roster. But last night you see Talon Horton Tucker come back. And he brings this influx of energy and, frankly, scoring buckets. And and that's what I mean when I say the Jazz got to find somebody, a player who who they can afford, but can also come in and get you 15 a night. You but know, the other thing that I think is so clearly missing from the offense of this team is somebody with a consistent back to the basket game. I, I yeah. you know, we were watching the Nets game last night. Kevin Durant is cooking from three, but he also put an end to the run. Uh, of the Oklahoma City Thunder by posting up three straight trips. Mm-hmm. You know, like Carmelo Anthony for the Lakers is a three-point shooter, hits a huge three last night for the Lakers. But he also, you know, slowed the momentum of the Spurs by playing with his back to the basket. And, and whether that is, you know, you, you can pretty much point to any of the best teams in the league. They all have guys that can play with a diversity of, of length and I don't think the Jazz have that. It's why I, I, I say so often that Donovan Mitchell is the only guy that's really playing at a very high level for this team, and he's actually not right now. But he can play at the rim, mid-range, and from three offensively. Yeah. You don't have other guys that can do that. And I know that everybody loves to rave about Boyan Bogdanovich's you know, back-to-the-basket bully ball thing, but you're starting to see that teams are figuring that out now. And they're bodying him. You're seeing more turnovers. You're seeing him, you know, being forced to dribble more, which is never a good thing. And so I say, like, you need somebody like a Eric Pascal to have a paint game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, to me, these are these are all the things we've been talking about the entire offseason. And now I hear a lot about how, well, once Rudy Gay's ready to play. Okay, so ask ask yourself this. What does Rudy Gay really bring to the table? Well, you know you're going to get some three-point shooting out of him. You know you're probably going to get a little bit more effective defense from the three, the four, and the five because he should really be able to have positional flexibility. But he does not strike me as a guy that's going to go in the paint and bang. He does not strike me as a guy that you're going to expect to dribble drive. I don't think that's his game anymore. So when we look at what is on this team and what's coming for this team, I don't see a solution on the roster. Yeah. I, I really don't. And I know that a lot of people get upset when we talk about, hey, you're going to have to trade Boyan or Joe. Um, I certainly think these are the games where you see that 
You need an upgrade to Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. You need somebody that has an answer. And as well as Royce has played, and and again, I understand that people celebrate the fact that you know he's scoring more. And look at these games where he's playing. You know, you know he's scoring 15 points, three straight games. Well, that's all well and good. They've lost four or five doing it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think it's, it, 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 you know, we, we've obviously on this show, if you've watched the show for any amount of time, you know, we've obviously had long, long discussions about, you know, Gobert, and we've had a lot of discussions about Royce O'Neal, and, you know, and, and really even lately Joe Ingles. And, and I think what we're really, through all of this that we're talking about, what, what, what I really feel like we're trying to say here is that, is that they don't really have another guy besides Donovan Mitchell who can really break the game open, who can really make a, a big difference. And everyone's going to go, well, what about Mike Conley? Well, yeah, Mike Mike has a great relationship with Rudy Gobert. Mike will knock down the open three off the pick and roll. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, the Zach Levines, the Paul Georges, the, the individual guy besides Donovan Mitchell, because Don can do that too, but besides Don, who else can do it? That's the problem. Defenses don't have to respect anybody one-on-one except for Don. And you really want it to be Jordan Clarkson, but he's not that guy. He's not that guy. You know, and, and I think Jordan is a volume shooter, which to me, at times, sure, you need that. I just wish they could dial Jordan in and out a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you know <laughs> it's tough because, you know, as a guy who comes off the bench with a purpose, he, he's told to do one thing, and that's score. Right. So when you when you are that guy and 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 you're coming off the bench to do that, you know, you as a player have to have an understanding of when you're when you're feeling it and when you're not. And and I think that's the hardest thing with Jordan. It doesn't matter if he's feeling it or not. He's shooting that basketball. And so when he's cold, it it leads to some it can lead to some, you know, not great possessions. But when he's hot, everything's great. Like when he put those 14 points in, everyone was like, oh, my God, Jordan Clarkson's back. But at the end of the day, it, it, it he just hasn't been that this year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think the trade deadline is critically important to this team. I, I I just will again say you need something dynamic. The other thing I think is very clear, guys are coming for Rudy Gobert now. I wow. mean, you look at what happened. Um, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote fight he got into the other night. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want. I, I look at the Dwayne Dedman situation. He was there for that. Like, he he was ready to go with Rudy. And now Rudy's got an NBA leading six technical fouls already. It's November 15, and Rudy's already got six technical fouls. And 16 is the limit before you get suspended. So, if you you know, if we're, pay, if we're looking at pacing, he's, he's well ahead of pace to miss a game. Yeah, I... I am, I, man, there is a lack of respect for this jazz team around the NBA. Yeah. And it's tough. I, I mean, mean, it's really tough. Like I like this is, this is what I mean. So, so let me get this right. Let's lay this out. So offensively, you need a bit more, right? Offensively. You're like, Hey, like we need some, we need a change. We need to run a new system or like a different system, or we need some talent. Like we need something here offensively, but then defensively, Teams are getting after Rudy Gobert, and then Don kind of gets in the mix, and then this team loses its composure. And so, you know, I, I think in all of this, we have to keep in mind that that Quinn Snyder is a great head coach, but how long, you know, is the leash if you're if you're the front office? I mean, obviously, you're going to run this whole season with him. You're not, obviously not making a change now, but 
I just think the issue is is where with where your money is at, there's also in the back of your head, hey, there's pressure to win now. Like, we have to figure this out now. It's not good enough for us to just be like a seven seed or a six seed or a fifth seed. Like, this is supposed to be a top three or four seed in the West and in a team that's supposed to, you know, allegedly contend for, you know, an NBA Finals appearance. And right now, they're really far from that. And so it's not, it, I don't say that to criticize them, but I'm just saying that there's some serious adjustments that need to be made. And, it, and it's just a question of how they're going to go about that. Yeah, I think that adjustment comes with a roster overhaul. Yeah. Because this team is not... Do you not, think overhaul is too aggressive of a word? No, I don't. I really don't. I think you have every guy on this team, with a few exceptions, has limitations. I mean, you can look at, you know, the obvious ones. Again, Royce, Jingles, you know, Bogey. Those guys all have significant limitations to their game. I look at Mike Conley. I like the load managing. He looks healthy to me. Um... You know, but limitations have always been his injury. Yeah. Rudy's limitation is he needs to seem to shoot poorly for him to have a big game. Um, you know, like I, I look at Don, I think Don's growing. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would say he has limitations at this moment. But other than Donovan Mitchell, who, again, I just don't think is playing great basketball right now. Other than Donovan Mitchell, pretty much every other regular contributor on this team has significant limitations. And you've got to get you've got to get through that because yeah. What's winning now across the NBA is diversity. And I think when you look at, you know, again, I'll, I'll just go back to the standings in the NBA right now. And I don't think there's any doubt with the way that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are playing at 10 and four. They're the best team in the East right now. Mm. And it's because James Harden's finally gotten his legs back under him. He actually has lift. Yeah. Um, you look at two superstars on that team. Um, you look at a crop of role players that are playing some pretty good basketball. And they know their role. You understand that, right? Like, I I look at, you know, in the West, I look at the Golden State Warriors. I mean, everybody's doing a job. Whether that is Poole, whether that is, you know, Steph is, obviously your best players have to be their best. Draymond Green is dominating people right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are, and by the way, they don't even have Clay yet. So, when you look at this, the, the best teams in the league, you know, the, the the Nuggets all of a sudden playing really good basketball. I look at the Lakers, who are only 8-6. and six. The Lakers are starting to play much better basketball. Um, you look at the the Chicago Bulls at 9-4, and four, playing a, 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 a nice group of guys, getting contributions across the board, getting a dominant performance from Zach Levine and, and DeMar DeRozan. You have diversity. In, in that your offense is spread across your, your roster. Yeah. You're not locked into Don having a huge night or we're going to lose. And it kind of feels like that. I got to be honest. Like, yeah. it kind of feels like that. Hey, if Don doesn't put up 40, you know, this is going to be a tough game for us to win. And and, and I don't know. Like, I, I still I, – I, it's just tough, man. Like, I'm, we're not seeing the ball movement we're accustomed to seeing. We're, we're not seeing the defense that we're accustomed to seeing. And, and the problem is, is all this stuff is, uh, you know, exacerbated because teams know what the Jazz weaknesses are now. They, they've watched enough tape. This team has been good enough for long enough now that teams understand how to get after the Jazz. And so now it's the Jazz turn to bounce back and, and figure out what that next thing is going to be. And to me, that's the trade deadline. That's your next best, like, opportunity to change the narrative about this team. Well, and I think we've been saying this now for two years in a row. I mean, they need to make a significant deal with the deadline. They need, and and frankly, 
I really hope that it's not, you know, just waiting. Um, you know, I really hope that it's not just waiting to me anyway, you know, like I, I just think it is one of those things where, you know, you have to hope and you have to, you have to hope that what's the right way to say it. You're not going to completely overhaul this roster. No, I mean, you're, you're not, you're not in a position to do that, but, but I think this front office will be damned if they don't make some serious changes to put this team in a position to make a run. Cause that's kind of what this season feels like. If you think about it right now, it feels like we're just in a time where, you know, you got to figure your team out and you got to keep your guys healthy. We're seeing a ton of load management across the league, you know, and that combined with how the game is being officiated now with how rough it is. I think teams are playing, you know, they're, they're being cautious with their best players. And, and so that's why I think that's the other dynamic at work for the jazz there. I love the fact that they are unwilling to play Mike Conley on back-to-backs. They're not going to play in both games, and I love that. I think that's really, really smart. You need him for the postseason. So, you know, it's if, just a different feel. If they don't make a deal, yeah. how would you, like, how would you prognosticate? How would you forecast? I think they're a second-round team. I think they're the same team in the playoffs that they were last year. The, the only difference is going to be, does their quality of play go up as the season goes along? And let's Are they that, a second-round team? Yeah, I think they're a second-round team. I think they would get past the first round. Because I don't see them having home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, let's throw some let's throw some names out here. I mean, if the season ended right now, yeah, yeah. they'd be in the four-five matchup in Dallas. I think they'd beat Dallas for sure. I think that'd be a good series. Um, you know, I I think the Lakers are going to get better. By the way, um, you know they're they're six and what. 500 in their last 10, maybe six and four uh, without LeBron James. So you can see that they're coming back together as a club. Yeah. They're 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 The biggest shocker there is their, their defense is terrible. Yeah. The Lakers defense is terrible. Yeah. And and that's, that's what we were talking about with the Nets as well. You know, the Nets defense wasn't good. It's getting better, but I don't know, man. I think, yeah, it's kind of a scary thing to do to look around the league and be like, Hey, well, if the playoffs start tomorrow, what would this team look like? That's not a fun conversation to have right now. And, and thank no. God you don't got to have it right now. That's the best part about it. You don't have to have it right now. So, And I think if you look at the teams on the outside, I, I think this the the top 10 right now is, is not going to change in name. Yeah. I mean, positioning it will. But the Kings, T-Wolves, Spurs, Pelicans, Rockets are not playoff teams. No, they're not. I mean, they're not. The, the Houston Rockets are a young team that's not great. A lot of people wanted to say the Kings were going to like try to scrape into the postseason, but you know, let's say let's say somehow they did that, they would still be out in the first round. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, no. Yeah, my point is yeah. the plight of this team is it's going to be interesting because I have to think at some point the Lakers make a deal. I think they have all these assets, and I think they know that they have a bunch of pieces that are. I don't want to say awkward, but they have a. They have a bunch of pieces that if they're not a finished product, the Clippers, um, you know, I, I look at the Clippers right now, eight and five without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, low key playing. I mean, he's, MVP, in the, he's MVP an MVP candidate. Man. Absolutely. He is. Yeah. He's in that conversation, but you would have to think they're going to upgrade their roster. Um, if you look at the Portland trailblazers, they're six and eight. I can't believe that Dame's on that team come the trade deadline. All right. I just don't buy it. It's it's it would be tough to see that man, and and I respect the fact that he wants to win, and 
and you know do do what other guys before him did, which is be in one city and take that team to a championship and all that. But but it just I I, I don't know. I, I just how long are you gonna suffer? Is my question for Damian Lillard. How long? Are you going to be a get to the postseason? Yeah, ha- like have to put up fifty a night at the end of the season just to get to the postseason, and then get your ass handed to you in a seven game series. How long, how many years are you going to do that for? Probably too long at this point. Yeah. So to me, I'm just like, hey, like if I'm Dame, I'm trying to get. I'm you know, I just don't think the ring chasing thing has. Like, if we go back and we remember, you know, when KD went to the Warriors and everyone called him a ring chaser, that whole era of the league several years ago, I don't think that, that the, you know, the punishment for players now, reputationally speaking, is nearly as bad. Like, I don't think that if Dame went to, you know, the Lakers or something that people would crucify him. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. And I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, let's get some comments in here. Um, well, of course, the first comment is Tanner going after Eric C. Like, come on, man. Uh, Brylark says, morning, boys. If the Jazz stay silent on the trade front this season, they won't go anywhere. I really think uh, Marcus Smart would be a smart target. He just makes so much money. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you see what he did there? Yeah. That was magic in that Marcus comment. Marcus Smart would be a smart target. See, that was well done. See, you know. Good job. I'm giving you your credit. Yeah, we talked about Marcus Smart the other day, and he just makes too much money. Like, it, it just does not make – it doesn't make financial sense. I, I And this is the one thing that worries me about the trade deadline mm-hmm. is I don't think the Jazz want to make a significant financial move um, until the, the offseason because I think they really know they need to overhaul this roster I think they know a significant change in the names on this roster is coming. Yeah, they need a refresh. Yeah, sure. and I think it it's um it's it takes time to do that, and I think they know they can't do that at a at a deadline, and I think they want to go as far as they can go with this core group of guys, and I that's the one thing that worries me. Like, are are you going to trade a Royce or you know a Bogey or a Jingles? And because I mean that's obviously that signals a significant change and. I just don't think that they want to they want to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't I I think it's a tough situation. I think, you know, the problem I have with that, frankly, is you knew what you were doing and getting into when you re-signed Mike Conley. Yes. So you can't re-sign Mike Conley and then at the trade deadline when you need help not go and get help. I mean, you could, yeah. but that logically doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and based on you know, just going off of what they've done already, I, I guess for me, I would be surprised if they didn't make a move. But at the same time, I get what you're saying. Like, you can't overhaul an entire roster at a trade deadline. That's not how the league works. You know, you're not going to go from where you are now to, you know, a bona fide NBA Finals for sure book it kind of team, you know, at the deadline. So, I don't know. that That's really tough. But I can't believe that you would spend all that money on Mike Conley to do what? just to have them back. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. I think they are going to, I think they are going to run this back. And I, I really hope they make a deal at the deadline. I do. Tanner says, uh, the trade deadline is this team's only hope. Eric C says, you know, it's a bad season when they lose to BYU Tanner. He's talking about San Diego state <laughs> because he came in the comments. Eric C got aggressive. He's talking about San Diego state beating BYU. <laughs> And now here's Eric C coming in the comments undervaluing BYU basketball. 
Just telling you, probably wouldn't do that. Notice how he's gotten off of football. Well, no, no, I'm not doing it. Um, (laughs) I'm not doing it. Neville 93 says, good morning. Rudy Gay is in the stars now. What, but what is Rudy Gay's impact on this team? I think a little bit of toughness. I I definitely think um, that back to the basket game you were talking about. Rudy Gay is a finesse player at this point. He's got a nice jumper, can really uh, play in the mid-range, give you some three-point shooting as well. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, he was running with the twos and, and being one of the best players on that second unit. That's what I would look for Rudy Gay to be. And I honestly, I do think that um, on certain nights, not a ton, but on certain nights with certain matchups, particularly when Mike Conley's not playing, I think Rudy Gay would have a chance to make, to make a, to, to start a game, you know, against certain matchups. And, and so I think he's just one of those guys that you're going to plug in um, in favorable matchups and hopefully he can produce 15 points a night and like five or six boards. That's what I'd love to see out of him. But you know, yeah. Greg Hawkins says, good morning, everyone. San Diego state sucks. Um, (laughs) Spencer says, good morning. I think we can safely say the LA Clippers series was not an anomaly and teams have figured out how to scheme for the jazz. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we said during that series, thank you. You know, and after that series, um, Design My says, does Mike Conley make financial sense? He does not. He did not. Resigning Mike Conley, this kind of deal, didn't make sense. And what'd you say at the time? Hey, if you resign Mike Conley, that's probably going to set you back two or three years. And they did. And it it may have. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Um, at the price they got him for, yes, the one uh, that doesn't make financial sense is Rudy. The reason that Mike Conley doesn't make financial sense at any number is you're paying the luxury tax. Yeah. And you're not a championship team. And I know that we've taken a lot of heat over this, but right now, our, our, can you honestly say that I was wrong when I said that the Utah Jazz are not a championship contending team? Because I don't feel like they are. And I think I've been pretty steadfast in this. They are one of the, when they're playing well, they're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. This team, with Rudy Gobert... With Boyan Bogdanovich, with Royce O'Neal, I look at Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal on their own. They're not championship players. They're not. And if you go down the roster, is Donovan Mitchell a championship player? Yes, he is. Um, If we go down the roster, is Mike Conley a championship player? Yes, he is. Um, If we go down the roster, who else can you say on this roster right now is a championship player? Yeah, I don't think there is another one. Yeah, outside of those two, I don't think no. there is another one. Yeah. I think it is – It is. I would say that Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, as long as Mike Conley stays healthy. But, again, what am I going to say? Yeah. Water's wet and Mike Conley's hurt during the playoffs. And so, until that changes – and, by the way, you're not winning – you're not winning a championship with one star player and a bunch of also-rans. And if you're pointing at money – the guy who doesn't make financial sense on this team is Rudy Gobert. You're paying him $41 million a year to rack up technical fouls and be a defensive stopper on, on a team that's not at all very good defensively right now. So is the $41 million worth it if the Jazz can't defend the paint? And they cannot defend the paint right now. Yeah, and, and I think the real ball buster about the Rudy Gobert situation is he was not signed under this current regime. That's the problem. You're you're dealing with a problem that was not, you know, you're doing. And and so you just have to kind of, you have to work with it. They don't have another choice because at the end of the day, like we've had comments on this show before, you know, in the past about trading Rudy. And I, I don't think they're going to trade Rudy. 
I don't. I, I think, you know, it's funny you're bringing up roster, like, overhauling. If they trade Rudy, that would send a signal, a clear message to me that they're like, all right, this setup is not going to work. It's it's Don and Mike and everybody else, and we need to remake this thing. Yeah, I, I don't think you're trading Rudy Gobert. I really no. don't. Um, but, you know, and this is this goes back to the Conley situation. Mike Conley at any price doesn't make financial sense because the thing that the Jazz were not willing to do this season was 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 be average. The Jazz were not willing to be a 7, 8, 9, 10 team in the Western Conference to have financial flexibility for the next three years. Yeah. They weren't doing that. And the reason you know that is because they signed Mike Conley and they paid the luxury tax to do it on a guy who can't stay healthy. And the thing that drives you crazy is the Mike Conley deal would be just fine if Rudy weren't making $41 million a year. And that's why I say... Rudy Gobert is going to cost you other guys. He is going to cost you a second superstar because I, it doesn't matter to me what you want to talk about Rudy's best attributes as. The one thing you certainly cannot say about Rudy Gobert is Rudy is not a superstar. He is not a superstar. Sorry, he's not. Is he a great defensive player? Yes, he is. His best, highest use comes into effect when the Jazz are missing three-point shots. And when you need other guys on your team to be subpar, to make this one guy a really good contributor, that to me signals, Jake, that that he's not a star player. Yeah, I, I think he's not. You don't have, you know, the, the dynamic duo or the big three for this team. You don't have that. You don't have, you know, the James Harden, Kevin Durant dynamic. You don't have the you know DeMar DeRozan Zach Levine dynamic you don't you don't have Braun and Russ like or Braun and AD you know whichever way you want to look at that like and that's the thing you have Donovan Mitchell this guy who's very reliable yes he plays hero ball a little bit more than we would all like but at the end of the day the guy's a superstar and he's the guy you're building this team around and yes I do believe he could win you a championship without a doubt I do too the problem is is that he's got not a lot to work with and I can't believe I'm saying this but the regression has been pretty intense this season I have to admit like last year Boyan Bogdanovich was much more of a contributor than he's been this year now that's not all on bogey but the fact is is that you know he is not he's he's a guy you want catching and shooting he's not a guy that you want off the dribble getting his own bucket so I just think no matter which way we slice this thing right no matter which angle we come at this from whether it's from the Rudy angle from the Gobert or from the uh, uh, Royce angle like no matter where we come from the, the fact is, is they don't have enough help for Donovan Mitchell to be able to make the difference that he should be making. Think about it. He shouldn't be bringing the ball up and being a point guard and doing all this. He should be your two guard. He should be your scoring guard. The guy that comes and gets the ball and makes something happen. That's what he should be, but it's not happening like that. I just don't know where Boyan's shot has gone. I, and, I don't know. and again, I'm just going to maintain, I'm not convinced he's healthy. And... You know, like we've talked all about this shoulder thing or whatnot. I mean, he's shooting less threes. He's making less threes. Yeah. His percentage is down. His field goal percentage is down. Now, he's compensating for that by going to the basket a lot more. But if Boyan Bogdanovich isn't shooting the ball well, his his value is significantly diminished. Yeah. Um, and again, this goes back to Rudy because I think when when you have a guy in Rudy Gobert that guys are not scared of, the Miami Heat, who's arguably the best team that the Jazz have seen this year, 
the Miami Heat, two games in a row, attacked Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And did well for it. And I think when you see Deadman going after him, um, you know, like guys are not intimidated by him. The best players in this league are not intimidated by Rudy Gobert. The best teams in this league are not intimidated by Rudy Gobert. And I just, it's frustrating to watch this jazz team regress because we've, we've, we've known it's happening. Yeah. We've known it's happening and they haven't done anything about it. And for everything that Ryan Smith is as an owner, as good as he is in the community, I want more. I need more. I need more. I I need, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I feel like Ryan Smith is so concerned about fan apathy and the way that fans feel about the team. And I feel like Jake, he's just not willing to do what has to be done in player movement and, and, and roster development. I feel like Ryan Smith is worried about what people think instead of winning games. Do you think that, do you think that it's, too early to say that just because this is going to this trade this trade deadline coming up was going to be his first one do you feel like it's it's too early because because I, oh. I i'm kind of trending towards what you're saying i don't disagree but i just i i i want to give the guy a chance to you know do his job i guess you know like i don't know it's his balance we have to find i guess well obviously they overhauled the front office in the summer yeah um we saw that and i think we all knew that was coming but i mean i you, you also have a pretty clear idea that now there are more voices in the room. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. It 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 seems like there's a little more cohesion, certainly with Dwayne Wade involved, with Justin Zanuck involved. Like it seems like there's a little more clarity. But what has that meant? I think it meant you made the wrong decision on Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think by the way, Ryan Smith signed off on the Rudy Gobert contract, so it is what it is at this point. But I. I think you haven't done enough to set this team up for success for the next five years. Yeah. And I think when you're planning budgets for, you know, your, your, your salary cap specifically, you have to be thinking in five-year windows. And I think Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, I think, you know, you're, you're, if you don't, if you just let Joe Ingles walk away this summer, because you can't certainly make a case that they should give him a new deal. No. There's no argument to be made that that Joe Ingles has earned a new deal. And I love my Australians on this show, but it's just not it's just not there. <laughs> it's just not possible, man. Oh man, Jake. What do we got going on? We have more porn bots in uh, the in the in the comments. <laughs> you know, like get the get the hell out of here with that. Like like this I hate this so much. We see this on Instagram and you know, like all the different platforms. I, I feel, what is it, like once a week now in the comments? At least. It happens? At least. It's just, it's so annoying, dude. And it's been a thing where, like, on the daily on YouTube, before we finish up this jazz thing, but on the daily on YouTube, I have to I have to remove a ton of porn comments. It's dumb. It is. I, and I, I wish, it's the one thing I don't like about YouTube. YouTube has a spam comment problem. Yeah. And, and it's well known. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's anyway. well known. Uh, let me get some of your comments in here. Um, trade Gobert, yes or no? Tanner says. What? No, you're not trading Rudy Gobert. I mean, if you if if you trade Rudy Gobert, you're going to eat a significant amount of the salary he's owed. 
Yeah. Because nobody's going to pay him what you have to pay him. Yeah. Now. And if you're trading him, you're basically burning the roster to the ground. Yeah. No, over. the answer's no. You're not trading him. Uh, well, Spencer says, yes, I'd trade Gobert. Well, yeah, I'd trade him. It, it Would I? Sure. And what Can I now? No, you can't. Um, Brylark says they should trade him, but they won't, nor do I think they could. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Well said. I, I don't think any team out there would take his contract and give up anything of value in return. And that's my point. You'd be dumping Rudy Gobert's contract. Yeah. Which means you would significantly lose in that deal. You just you just have to understand what Rudy Gobert is and what his value to the ball club is. And when you understand that Rudy Gobert is an elite defensive player, but he is a liability on offense. And I, I think the funny thing is, I think Hassan Whiteside being here has really shown you what you can do when a center can actually operate in the paint offensively. Well said. You know, like when it's more than just pick and lob, you know, like Hassan with that push shot, Hassan is a tough physical player. Yeah. Like he gives you that extra little added piece on offense that Rudy doesn't have. But he's not the rebounder that Rudy Gobert is, and he's certainly not the defender that Rudy Gobert is. Um, even though he's been pleasantly surprising as a shot blocker, consistency-wise, because his biggest flaw over his career has been that he's not been a very good shot blocker, mm -hmm. which has been a problem. But I think Hassan's really stepped up his game defensively, as you would expect, yeah. coming into a team like this, because the Jazz have been known, and now I think it's reputation only, the Jazz have had a reputation as a really good defensive team. You know, like, and now that's just not the case anymore. And it has nothing to do with Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside. It's their perimeter players that just have regressed yeah. defensively. They've all taken a step back defensively. And I think that's really the issue when it comes to, to defense on this team. Yeah, and I, and I think that dynamic really quick, I think that dynamic often, you know, hangs Rudy out to dry, if you know what I mean. Like, like. You know, not just a Terrence Mann thing against the Clippers. I'm talking about on a nightly basis, you know, possession by possession where you've got Bogey getting beat one-on-one -on -one and Rudy is just simply not able to get back in time. And and I think that, that that's what I mean when I say, yes, I hate that he's paid $40 million a year. I hate that. That is awful. But at the same time, we can't be naive about the fact that this team's defensive problems are not all Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy is the poster child for yeah. it because that's his game. Yes. But the fact is, is he's not being put in positions to be successful at the rim. I mean, you're 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 talking about the best athletes in the world playing this game. Well, and Tanner makes a good point. Um, Tanner says that. Uh, more? More porn Damn. box. It is so frustrating. Gosh. It, they Biggest kick in the balls you'll you ever know, get. Whatever. Tanner makes a really good point. Here's my problem with Rudy. He's only asked at his defense, but now he can be had defensively. If he can be had defensively, then his value disappears. Mm. Well, I think his value is diminished. The problem is, is that the, the, the Jazz defense is a house of cards in that Belief is what keeps the house of cards intact, right? If the defender believes that they can't go in the paint because Rudy's there, then everything's good. But it's it, the moment that a, a Cole Anthony breaks the paint and starts penetrating and driving and kicking, a, a moment that Kyle Lowry dominated this team on the inside. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry didn't care if his shot got blocked and it didn't. That's when this team falls apart. 
Rudy is an elite defensive player in reputation, but in the practical as well. The problem is he's not tough. He's not intimidating. And other big guys don't fear him. Yeah. So when when you foul him and when he believes that he doesn't get every single call, he gets frustrated. Yeah. And that's where this team goes off the rail. Well, and I thought you made a great point earlier about how Deadman was ready. I mean, he was totally ready to take advantage of Rudy's lack of composure. Yes. And I think that we're seeing that that dynamic play out pretty consistently where you know, the other big and other players are are prepared. I mean, it's something when you play the Jazz that you can use against them. And, and that – so, like, that would definitely be something that this team could make an adjustment tomorrow and fix. Like, you know, just having more composure, not getting upset with the officials. Like, I, I personally – just for me, I have a huge problem with the way this team handles the officials. I don't like it. I think that I think that they put themselves in, in a hole. I think that there's no getting around the fact that officials in any sport – um, are making split-second decisions, and when you don't have a good relationship with them, it's funny how those split-second decisions don't go your way most of the time. So I'm just telling you, you the officials matter, but you can't blame them when you lose. Well, and it's every single whistle the Jazz are complaining. Yeah. It's somebody, whether it's bogey, whether it's, you know, officials are going to miss calls. You're not going to get every call that you want or you think you're entitled to or that you are entitled to. Yeah. The, the best teams have one guy that talks to the officials. One guy. And there are always going to be moments where two, three guys are, but it can't be every whistle. Yeah. It, it just can't. Rudy Gobert can't have six technical fouls on November 15th. I mean, it you, you just can't. Kay Nuren says, yes, yes, yes. The Jazz made big mistakes by paying uh, big money, need better advice at the top. Well, this we're going to find out in the next six months, eight months. Um, what they do at the deadline and what they do this summer because the Conley contract really kind of ties your hands a bit in the summer. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I think the guy you have to trade, you have to trade without question, Boyan Bogdanovich, either now or in the summer. Yeah. Because you cannot hang on to 10 plus million dollar deals on guys that are a limiting factor. Agreed. So we'll see. Um, Tanner says the Jazz team needs to grow up. Well, maturity is a huge issue. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And Don's in that conversation. He needs to be better about it. Best team in the NBA right now is? um, that's I mean, you have to go with the Warriors. but I think without question. Yeah, I think you have to go with the Warriors. But Bulls we'll or see. Nets? Um, I would probably go lean Nets, but I think it's close. I only lean Nets just because you've got two of the best players in the world. Yeah, but I think you also have a really bad defensive team, and the Bulls you, have three guys that can inflict. You their, do. I mean, the Nets damage. don't play great defense. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's not in dispute, you know. But like, like the point you're making earlier about how you know the Nets have a guy in Kevin Durant who can who can get a bucket at any time with his back to the basket. That's a luxury that most teams don't have. Now that said, I think those same buckets that Kevin Durant is getting to save the Nets are the same buckets that the Bulls are getting in transition because they play great defense. So that's why I say it's close, but I think when we get to the end of the year, I mean, you have to lean towards the Nets. Look, I mean, if the Jazz had Alex Caruso, this whole thing would be over. Yeah, okay. Wow, you know. okay. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Yeah, I mean, if they had Mo Bamba, I mean. Yeah, I agree. You know. Yeah. Who are we even kidding here? Yeah. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe and take a photo that you're subscribed because we actually finally made it to 2,600 subscribers over the weekend. Wow. I'm proud of us. We were crawling. Like, I feel like we, we've made it to 2,600 subscribers, and now we are giving away an Xbox Series S. So um, make sure you take a photo, tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. 
The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, or Jake is SLC Supercars. By the way, yeah. did you see this new push out of Instagram to use reels? They really want everybody using reels. Why do you think that is? Well, because TikTok's kicking their ass. Uh-huh. That's why. Yeah. TikTok or Instagram? Um, I still am an Instagram guy, but you know, I know TikTok Closer is than highly it used addictive. To be. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean I, I, I don't spend a ton of time on TikTok, but I I like Instagram. That that's what I like, you know? I understand why TikTok is successful. I definitely understand why Instagram wants reels to be a bigger thing on their platform. I get it, but you know. I don't know. It's just funny how that all plays out. You're a big TikTok guy now. I am. I'm a big TikTok guy now. This guy's asking me about how I've lost weight. Okay. Let's talk about it. I'm not, I don't eat anymore. Uh, I never, yeah, I, I've been I, immunized. Yeah. I, I've been immunized. So I eat zero calories. Not a every good day. question. You know, like I just, um, so what did you say to him? Um, I said, it's pretty simple. I, I, I eat less. And I work out seven days a week. <laughs> like, I, seriously, I, I eat less and I work out. And I thought I was eating 3,000 calories. It turns out I've been eating like 2,300 calories. Okay. But if I can target 2,500 calories a day or less, I lose weight. Right. Like this week, I lost two pounds. There you go. So I'm thrilled with it. It's quite simple. So I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicating it. You know, like, I, I just. It is don't... pretty straightforward, I have to admit. It is. It, losing weight's not rocket science. It's just very difficult. But, I mean, it should make you feel good. People are noticing. Uh, yeah, that's always nice. And cl- this guy's name is Clark, who, again, I it, one of the things that I find so fascinating, and this is just my opinion, uh-huh. I don't understand why people will not comment on the show, but yet they're willing to send me DMs. And I, I really don't understand that. Well, ask ask Buddy what, what why that is. Because he says he doesn't. Yeah, and it's a long story. Um, Mike also says, you guys are so negative on the jazz. At what point do you ever say anything nice? Yeah, see, I mean, this is well, the, this is what we get consistently. I love this. Yeah, but we, we're we not the nice guys show. We're the, we're the truth in sports radio show. Like we, the truth is the truth. Again, everybody was ripping us on our jazz takes. Have we been wrong? You know, and I, it's funny too. We get we get we get this comment every once in a while. You guys are so negative. You ever say anything positive? No, no, we don't. And the reason we don't is because what positive is there? You've lost four or five. <laughs> you you lost to the Heat twice. Like there are things that need to be adjusted here. And, and and again, I think and we can go down this rabbit hole some other time. But I just think that it always stands out to me every time. I'm guessing that guy's a newer ish listener. I'm assuming. Um, Mike's the listener that always hates on the show, but keeps listening. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, you can say we're being negative, but, and, and I really do appreciate you being here. Like, uh, yeah, we love everybody. That's and genuinely. Here. I love that you're here. But the fact is, is if you want nice guy talk, go listen to the radio in Salt Lake city. If you want the real and where this seems really at and what they're dealing with right now, what they're facing and the changes they have to make. That's what we're going to talk about because we are not fans. We're not paid by the team. Yeah. We don't have affiliations. So, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah, I would agree. Spencer says the Jazz need to burn it all down and build around Jacob Conover. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, of course. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. So, of course, Jeremy Bolton says. Uh, 
Conover, Jaron, Caruso, and Donovan would guarantee them a chip. I really don't care if you think it's us. Uh, I mean, Avi. <laughs> oh, no. Brandon White said, says, I'm on the COVID diet. I can't taste or smell, so I can eat anything healthy and gross right now. Vaccinated, and it's a super mild, like a mild cold. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Um, you actually had an odd inter- interaction with Delta yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, so we're going to Maui next week or whatever, and which is insane to be saying that. It feels like it's been forever. This We were supposed to take this trip like two years ago, and we're finally able to go. Um, but we're going to Maui next week, and so I was like, I haven't actually verified that I don't need a negative test. Like, so I'm, you know, fully vaccinated. I got the J&J back in the day. And then I just recently in September got the Pfizer. So like I got everything I need to get and I've got my card and everything. But like on Delta's website on, on the first page, they're like, oh, even if you're vaccinated, you got to provide a negative test within three days of travel. But then, you know, Mrs. Monty does what Mrs. Monty does and goes digging and investigating and gets to the deepest depths of the app and find some page about how they updated the policy. So, you know, apparently everybody's been watching Mrs. Monty work out in the Notre Dame mirror. Uh, Bryce Lark and Brylark says uh, (laughs) you can see Mrs. Monty working out in the reflection of your Notre Dame license plate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, it was chest day on the Bowflex. I mean, I hope you enjoyed Bowflex, you know uh tyler hopkins says you guys speak the truth about the jazz i watch every game and i can see what other teams are doing uh in the game my against the miami heat uh had really good ball movement thank you spencer says i don't understand this moral premium on niceness what where does this come from i think it's a mormon culture thing i take honesty over niceness any day dude i I love this conversation i seriously love this conversation because we hear it about it's not just a jazz thing we hear we heard it about BYU, you know, the Idaho oh, the Jaren, State thing. the Jaron Hall thing. The Jaron Hall, Hall thing was, yeah, dude. everybody was like, he's just a kid, be nice. And it's like, well, we're not talking about him, you know, and, you know, that his lemonade stand has a crooked sign on it. We're talking about him as a starting quarterback for a major football program that has championship aspirations. <laughs> when he was playing hurt, he wasn't playing well. Yeah. Like, I mean, that but was the conversation. Nice. We should be nice. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Spencer Morgan, I agree, even though it'll uh, it'll bug me because I want all of my teams to be good all the time. Uh, the honesty is refreshing. Well, everything except Jaron hate. <laughs> well, listen, Jimmer for that sucks. And he was over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Relax. The Shanghai shark is fine. Thanks. <laughs> and of course, Spencer then says, no, Jimmer, Jeremy. Jaron is almost to uh, Jimmer's uh, level. Yeah, re- seriously. Seriously. Um, you know, come on. Wow. Come on. Um, speaking of uh, Jaron Hall, let's talk about a real conference, the Pac-12. Okay, I apologize. Oh, I left the camera. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's been on you the whole time. Well, not the whole time, obviously. All right, let's see what Mike says in vanishing mode. One more from Mike. Um, tell Jake to look at the camera. Why is he looking off in the distance? It pisses me off. Bro, are you mad? Okay. I'm looking okay, at my wait, computer screen wait, here, bro. Wait, 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 wait. So he's saying when you when you're talking to the camera, like when you're singled up, like right now. Hey, baby. You need to look at the lens. How okay. You doing? Are you really are you watching this show so intently that you notice if Jake is looking at the camera <laughs> and it pisses you off when he does my it? My bad. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Oh my, my God, that's hysterical. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right and now. Like he can't, you know, like. 
it, it just is what it is. It's thumb in the butt day for Jake. He's not feeling comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like Come Jake's on. getting a physical today. <laughs> <laughs> no thumb in the butt for me, dude. Do you really notice when where we're looking? That seems odd to me. That seems but, odd. But okay, fine. That's fine. Cool. Whatever, man. That's cool. Tanner says the reason so many people defend Jaron is because he's the guy who ended a nine-game losing streak to Utah. Yeah. Brylark says, bring bring the glasses back, Jake. Jesus, seriously. You guys aren't playing around. <laughs> Going to have to get on uh, Warby Parker oh, or something here. Jesus. That's hysterical. That's why I love Brylark. Like, yeah. Still talking about Jake's glasses. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Pac-12. Jimmy Lake, head coach. Well, excuse me. Former head coach and player abuser at Washington. Well, let's talk about it. I'm a good listener. Yeah, you're fired, jackass. Um. So, another coach fired. First, it was Clay Helton. And the Jimmy Lake thing is particularly offensive. Mm -hmm. Because Jimmy Lake, like, now we know in 2019, allegedly physically escorted a player into his locker at halftime of a game. And the University of U, uh, University of Washington did nothing about it. And now, what, a week ago, I guess, on the sideline, he punched a player in the face mask, yeah. slapped him. And now you fire him. Jimmy Lake out as a head coach at Washington yesterday, surprising nobody. Yeah. And you have USC, Washington, and Washington State all without coaches. Right. And you're probably going to have Herm Edwards out at ASU. Yeah. Who knows what's going on with Kyle Whittingham at Washington? Why can I not get that right? I don't know. Kyle Whittingham at Utah, and I hope he doesn't go. I have wild respect for Kyle Whittingham. But this league is in an absolute spin cycle because you're probably going to have a change at Cal now. You're probably – I mean, there's some speculation about Chip Kelly, even though they're bowl eligible now, but Chip Kelly at UCLA. I mean – you're you're going to have significant turnover this offseason in the Pac-12. And I am curious as to how are these idiots going to write the ship? Because the Pac-12 just continues to shoot its own feet off. Yeah, I mean, in, in many different ways. And I, and I think the, the coaching situation across the league is, is just the poster child for that. I mean, again, we've been talking about with the Pac-12 how they've been a mess for many years now. And, and you know, it, it's it's streaming deals. It's... It's scheduling, it's, you know, coaching hires or coaching fires or bad timing. Like, like there are a lot of different things that go on. But at the end of the day, I think we could all agree that the Pac-12 should be better. You have these major nameplate brands in this conference that deserve better. Like, I'm not, I'm no USC fan. I'm not a Washington fan or a UCLA fan. Hell, I'm not even a Utah fan. But what I can tell you is that these teams have a lot of heritage behind them. This is USC we're talking about. This is UCLA we're talking about. Like, these are not, you know, this is not Wachitachi State, you know? Like, Man, you love your Wachitachi State. I do, because these teams have earned the right to to have better leadership in the conference. Like, they, But the question is, is Wachitachi State a research institution? Because if not, they can't get it's into the It's a higher Pac-12. institute of learning or whatever it's called. You know, a trade school. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, I would agree with you. I think you – here's the real question. Do you have heritage and tradition in the Pac-12? Yes. 
Yes. Yes, you do. In football, I don't know that you do. What do you, what do you mean? I mean, you have you have programs. USC is the one. Yeah. But is Oregon really a historically dominant football program? Oh, I don't know about historically dominant, but but okay, so when I say heritage, what I mean is like like you're you have strong brand recognition, right? Like, you know, USC you know, like yes, Oregon to me definitely has that. UCLA but isn't has UCLA it. a basketball school? It is, but right? uh, but that doesn't matter to me. Basketball or football, you deserve to have better leadership overall. Oh well, yeah, you absolutely, like, you deserve better. The the like, there's not a kid in this country that deserves to be physically assaulted by being thrown into his locker. Yeah, there's not a kid that deserves to be slapped in the face mask. Like California like, kids, kids who grew up in California or on the West Coast. Should should not feel like, well, I better go and play in the ACC or the SEC if I want to get on TV consistently. That should that shouldn't be a, a, a narrative or a factor. But seeing I, I think one of the things that stands out is when you look at at. You know, and again, this is why I say the Pac-12 missed on BYU. Agreed. The Pac-12 absolutely should have added BYU and they didn't. Um, and you I'm telling you, BYU is better for the suffering that you've gone through for the last decade because I think Utah financially has suffered being in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. And it's been it, it has been a frustrating road because this conference, you know, just has no digital rights deal. This conference has no great TV distribution. I'm a little shocked that Utah and Oregon are going to be on ABC at 5:30 on Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm a little surprised by that. But what? But it, I mean, if you really think about it, it's because of where Oregon's at. I mean, that's just yeah. What there's it is. no doubt about that. It's a yeah. huge game. It it has it has title implications. It has a championship feel to it. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Just like it did in 2019. There is no doubt about that. Yep. But I don't think I I really don't think that I don't know. My feeling is is that this is as low as the Pac-10 slash 12 has ever been. Right. This is a dark, dark period of, of time in the Pac-12. And what's unfortunate is, is that you're going to lose a guy like Herm Edwards, who's a big – a, that's a billboard name, Herm Edwards. Right. He's going to get whacked at Arizona State, I would think. Right? You're gonna, which means you're probably going to lose Antonio Pierce. Because if Antonio Pierce is a free agent – somebody, a major brand is going to suck him up and he is going to become a dominant coordinator and, and recruiter yeah, for and somebody. It's, and it's easier for those programs to pick him up because he's not a head coach because yeah, he's a coordinator. That's right. And I, I think the Pac-12 is going to go through another period of suffering here. Until they get a, a rights deal and until they get a better television deal, I just don't see how they're going to climb out of this hole because Washington hiring Jimmy Lake was a mistake from the minute they brought him in. And everybody knew it. And you have a, you had a great defensive coordinator in Pete Kwiatkowski and you chose to essentially demote him to make sure that Jimmy Lake was able to be the defensive coordinator and the coach in waiting. How was Jimmy Lake ever going to re replace Chris Peterson? Yeah. How was that ever going to happen? It was never going to happen because Jimmy Lake was never that guy. You're not that guy. Bad news for you, Jimmy. You're not that guy. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. Right? And I think that this speaks directly to what I've said about USC. This speaks directly to what I say about ASU to US UCLA. You have no balls because you have no leadership. Yeah. And it's why a Cal 
you have a bunch of players that were talking about boycotting because you won't stand up for what's right and what's best for your athletes. Yeah. And it's great that, that you want to fire Jimmy Lake now. Jimmy Lake should have never been hired. You were irresponsible in hiring Jimmy Lake to, to mentor kids at Washington. That was a great football program. Yeah. When Chris Peterson was there, that was a great football program on national championship level football program. And Jimmy Lake has taken that thing and essentially put it at the bottom of the Puget Sound. Yeah. And good luck pulling that thing out. I, I just don't know how you do that now. And this is why, like Chip Kelly taking the UCLA job, hey, that was great. UCLA is a basketball school. Yeah. And where's UCLA in basketball now? Well-funded, well-heeled at the top of the standings. Where's the football program? Still meddling in mediocrity. Because that's who they are. Nobody shows up at the Rose Bowl to watch UCLA football. Nobody. It's just not It's not who they are. Yep. So I'm telling you, this league's in trouble. And if I'm the University of Utah, I'm doing everything that I can do to beat Oregon and, and, and be the conference champion. Be the champion to the Pac-12 because that's the only value you have in being in this league right now. Because it's not – and look at the flaws at Utah right now. Like, the name, image, likeness thing is a huge hole in their game. BYU is kicking your ass in this state right now. And you got to have some fortitude, and you got to make some real practical decisions to pull out of that. It's ridiculous that Britton Covey is, like, going on a, you know, nomad venture to get NIL deals. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I would agree I with that. I don't know how that works. I think Utah's winning this game Saturday. I still maintain that Oregon's overrated. Mm -hmm. Um I think a, a, a good win is a good win. Um, and going to Ohio State and winning was a good win. This is a different football team now. And I'm telling you, the Utah Utes are one of the best teams in the country that nobody knows about. Yeah. And their early struggles with Quitter at quarterback and and you know, now you have Cam Rising. <laughs> hey man, Cam Rising is is uh. You know, Cam Risen's balling out. You're funny, dude. Why do you With say quitter at quarterback? <laughs> and Spencer, I'm sure Spencer Morgan's going to go uh, off on me about the kid did the right thing for the gotta kid. We got to be nice. And no, that's not Spencer. But Spencer Morgan's always been the guy that said, hey, he wanted to preserve his el eligibility. Screw him. This is inaccurate. Well, screw him. He, your eligibility was, hey, don't show up with a piece of linguine for a right arm and actually, you know, like fight through some adversity. Right? Like, fight for you. Yeah, anyway. I'm a man. It's a wrong discussion. Brylark says Oregon will win, no doubt. Uh, Tanner says I'd be ecstatic if Utah beats Oregon when Utah beats Oregon. James Knight says, hey, guys, sorry I'm late. Did I miss the Rudy bashing or the Jazz can't play defense and they need athletic wings at the trade deadline conversation? Man, you are. You know you know what it is. Nailed dude. it. Man, I, I can't tell you how loyal of a listener you are, man. Like, I, I really appreciate how much you listen. I really do. Um, now my guy's going on about how he works in TV and looking at the camera is a basic skill. If you can't look at the camera, you shouldn't be on camera. Okay. I mean, we, we're overthinking this, man. This, yeah. this is some little okay. podcast, hey, me... you know? Yeah. Go ahead. Stare right at it. Just stare right at the, I know you don't have glasses on now. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Is this good? Is this thing on? Hello. Hello. All right, good job. Good job. Whew. All right, class is over. We can I'm get back to the you. show now. Uh, okay. Utah or Oregon? Utah. I think Utah win this game on defense. 
I think they'll be able to turn the football over. I think that I think Oregon is, I I'm not going to sit here and say Oregon's overrated because, you know, I think they've earned their spot, but I think that Utah's defense is vastly underrated. I I agree with you that that people don't give Utah nearly enough credit for what they're capable of. So, again, when you play big-time games like this, it always comes down to turnovers. Who takes care of the football? Who has better ball control? That's what it comes down to. So, you know, yeah. I would expect more of the same. Uh, Spencer says, L.A. still draws talent no matter how many people are in the stands. Kids want to play there. I think USC draws talent. Mm -hmm. I think UCLA – you know, having lived there and having covered UCLA on a regular basis, like, it's just, there's no atmosphere at the Rose Bowl outside of the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. There's no atmosphere there. And I think the reason that they've always struggled um, and the reason they consistently lose the recruiting battle is that you don't have any history or tradition as a football team. You, you don't. You don't. Holy Bob Toledo. <laughs> have you ever heard of Bob Delito? No. Exactly my point. Like, I mean, by the way, Jim Mora is now the head coach of the UConn Husky football team. Neat. I guess Jim Mora Jr. only takes jobs at basketball schools to coach football. I mean, you're either in this business, you're either a football school or you're not going to win. And it, I would implore you to point to the 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 basketball school that wins football games consistently. They're few and far between. And usually it's why Kansas doesn't win football games. It's why North Carolina doesn't win football games. Alabama? It's why Alabama doesn't win many basketball games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, you can't be both because it's incredibly expensive. Texas might be one of the only. Yeah, but when's the last time it? that Texas was really relevant in either sport? They're not. That's what I'm saying. Like, they've, they're one of the few that's ever done it. You know, like I, I just, anyway, yeah, that's my point. Um, Cam Tanner says, any thoughts on Utah struggling at, with Arizona? It was Arizona and they kicked their ass at the end of the game. Uh, Cam says, if Utah played like they did against Arizona, Oregon will win. It was a letdown. Okay. Angry Ashley says, Utah is overrated. They nearly lost to the U of, they didn't nearly lose to Arizona. You either won or you didn't. And they won. And it was a letdown game. It was a, They have played consistently big games week after week after week after week. Oh, well, then we've got Oregon in two weeks. Yeah, we got to beat Arizona. Well, don't forget about San Diego State. I mean, obviously. Well, I mean, that's in the national championship game. Yeah. Anyway, the point is right. that I think that was clearly a letdown game. And by the way, they still won the game. Like, yeah. Nobody seems to care about that. You know, they won the game. Utah has some really good freshmen on defense who are just starting now to emerge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Whew. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk San Diego State basketball. <laughs> Shout the Mobamba. We won't. We won't. Um, with the 20 minutes we have remaining or so. So it's thumb in the butt day for you. No, it's not. What dude. do you mean? I'm no, it's not. I'm not getting thumb in the butt, bro. I'm not. Well, you're going to get a physical today and you don't want to go. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't. I'm getting a physical because you really want me to get a physical. Spencer Morgan says, Monty, I'm not taking your bait today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, why don't you want to get a physical? 
Because I just I, because at the end of the day, I I work out six six seven days a week typically, and if it's not six or seven, it's four or five almost every single week. I I do I take my vitamins every day? No, I don't. I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I take them most days, right? And wait, wait, wait. Gabe says, "Morning, boys. Is Jake wearing magic underwear yet, or nah?" Bro, why you gotta be so aggressive about it? You're the one who chose to go on a Damn. date with a, with a with an LDS girl. Wow. We'll get there. Hang on. So thumb in the butt day, because <laughs> um, that's what this is. It's gonna tickle the boys, you know. Anyway, the point is. Yeah. So you think because you work out and you eat well once a week that you don't need <laughs> I don't to go- eat well once a week that dude. you don't need to go to the doctor and get a physical. Uh, what I'm saying is that I'm I'm, you know, going to be 28 next month. Like I take pretty good care of myself. I feel good. Do like, you take vitamins twice a week. OK, it's more than twice a week. OK, three times a week. <laughs> right. You're such a hater, dude. But you, you have not always eaten well. And. You know, like in the last four or five months, yeah, we've we've been in great health and we've had great nutrition. Mm-hmm. But last year when you were with the girl before you broke up with her by text message who was engaged to you, but you were not to her. Thanks. Um, the point is you were not eating well. I wasn't eating that poorly. Though. Oh, my God. How was I eating poorly? What's for dinner? Costco apple pie. No. What's for dessert? Uh, ben and Jerry's no. peanut butter cup. No. Right? No. What's no. for breakfast? Fruity Pebbles. No. Anyway, in all seriousness. But you weren't eating well, right? No. I mean, I, 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 on the weekends, yeah, I would have my fair share of things that I like. But but seriously, like when I when I was at that time in my life, I think I was having, you know, I was eating like Cheerios and strawberries with a piece of toast for breakfast. I was having, I don't, I mean, lunch changes every week, dude, you know, but I wasn't eating like horrendously or anything mm-hmm. um by the way yeah and it's i mean it's a legitimate question but don't you want to know like your cholesterol don't you want to know what your cholesterol is yeah that's good it's good to know and your blood sugar yeah but <laughs> but yet you won't go how long have i been ragging you to get a physical i don't know dude three four months yeah yeah three four months and you just don't want to know it's not that i don't want to know it just is like yeah. Okay. What is he gonna? What's the doctor gonna tell me today? What are, What are the odds that the doctor tells me today? Okay. Yeah. You have you have heart conditions in your family lineage, and so your cholesterol is no, a little no. higher. You have people's hearts exploding in their recliners in your family lineage on your mom's side. Right. Those right? people also were eating country fried steak every day for lunch. Yeah. They were. Like, they I were mean, eating. Yeah. Not good beer drinkers. Like yeah. Like they were working yeah. in a fried fish house as a business. Like. You know, I, I, and I'm not saying that I can't I can't just skip over that as a person. But but what I'm saying is that, you know, it's not rocket science. If you eat fried food constantly, yeah, you're not going to obviously do well later in life. But I don't feel like I eat it constantly. Do I eat it once a week? Yeah, I do eat it once a week. I do. 100 percent. I do. And, I, and I'm accountable to that. But what I'm saying is my opinion is that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. Right. Maybe I am. But my opinion is, is today what the doctor is going to tell me is that I'm in pretty good health and he would like to see me do a couple of things to improve my health, which would be probably eat more vegetables, you know, supplement this or that. That's what I think will come of it. Yeah, my guess is that the doctor, and if I'm you, I don't leave there without getting a needle in my arm. Well, yeah, I got because you have got to get your blood work. You've got to know. And I, 
that the thing that I would tell you is you got to say to him, hey, you know, like I have a history of of heart disease in my family. Um, and I, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. And so I'm just here, you know, get a baseline. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And then in five years, go do it again. Yeah. Now at my age, as you, as you know, I get a physical every year. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. You know, and, and you know, that butthole going to get roto-rooted in January. Butthole. You know, but you're not at that age. You need to go once every couple of years, but you got to know where you're at. And even just being somebody that puts, we put a lot of time into food prep. We put a lot of time into working out. Like, yeah. And, and that's, and that's why I say, like, I think with all due respect to what the people in my family lineage did before me, I'm very different than what they ever did. You know, I mean, you're talking about people who, who basically just went to work every day and came home and were having what I would just call a Midwestern diet, which is, you know, potatoes eggs meat, eggs meat cheese beer a ton of poultry like you know you're you're having a lot of that stuff like i haven't had uh, honest to god i haven't had cow's milk in a well over a decade now like i haven't had cow's milk in a long time yeah. i don't even really drink almond milk at this point because i don't really eat cereal anymore so to me it's just like okay yeah do i have that in my lineage sure but do i work out a lot do i feel pretty good like you know what i mean that that's where i'm just like yeah yeah, it's good to know where you are, but I'm not I'm not saying to myself, man, I'm so excited to go do this today. Yeah. And by the way, I get to not eat till like three o'clock today, which will be fun. Yeah. Uh, James Knight says, you sound like these ignorant anti-vax. I won't catch COVID morons, Jake. Just go to the quack and get it over with. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm doing. And I don't disagree. I'm sure I do sound like that. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I don't even take that personal. Just go to the quack and get yeah, it over with. Like I'm, I'm with you on it. But, but at the end of the day, I just, I hate going to the doctor. I hate it. I don't, I don't like going to the eye doctor. I don't like going to the regular doctor. Yep. Like I, I just hate it, man. Yep. Uh, Brylark says use that sweet health insurance that you pay for. If you don't, yeah, well, I do do this stuff. It's just money you're throwing away. I agree. Well, that's true. Spencer Morgan says Florida has come the closest to being a dual sports school. Yeah. National championships in both. Yep. Agree with that. Fat Jesus says lunch changes every week. This week it's five guys. Next week it's chicken burritos. <laughs> wow. Kay Nuren says you'll find the right girl to date at church, Jake. No, I won't. Uh, Tanner says serious question. Last year a doctor told me that I could have cancer. It turns out I didn't. But now I'm terrified of going to the doctor. How do I get over my fear of going to the doctor? You go to the doctor. Yeah, like you don't have a choice. Yeah. That's the problem. And this is what I mean. Oh, well, one, one blip on the radar and all of a sudden you're dying. Like... That's the problem I have with the doctor. Like I have a problem, not that not that all doctors are biased or out to get you. I'm not saying any of that. But but I just have an issue with the fact that you go to the doctor one time and all of a sudden they see one thing and and you're dying when you feel perfectly fine and you've been living for the last 10 years without any kind of problem. That's the problem I have with it. That's the issue I have with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh Jake, do you hate going to the dentist too? Yes. I I hate going to the dentist. Yep. Tanner, I, I think you just got to go back to the doctor, especially if you had a scare. Speaking of a scare, you dated an, a Mormon girl the other day or went on a date yeah. with a Mormon girl. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, when it, it went a little bit different, and I kind of knew it was going to go like this. So, like, you know, she was like, oh, well, you know, I want to go to the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm like, OK, I, I didn't want to, you know, be Mr. Negative and be like, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to get in there. It's going to be like a two hour wait. And I, so I didn't say that. So we roll up and of course it's like two and a half hours. And so we go, we walk down, we try to get into, you know, California pizza kitchen. That's like two hours. And so we wind up driving down state street and going to uh, shake shack. And I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, 
and we talked there for a while and it was good. I mean, I'll see her again. It was, it was a nice time, but, um, is she hot? Yeah. I mean, she's a cute girl. Yeah. Okay. What kind of car does she drive? Uh, a Subaru Forester sport. Wow. Oh, a sport. Yeah. It's a sport. It's a so super, five it's extra a, horsepower. It's a Forester sport, brah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Yep. Jake's going to be that 68 year old wishing he had done all these things in his youth truth yeah uh tanner you should go to the go to facebook they all have the answers to health questions and science yeah um she was lds did you notice anything about that or no i mean i we i mean we talked about it i I straight up told her you know sitting across the table from her like like i said we need to be on the same page like i'm not you know i'm not going ever going to be in in church with you on weekends i'm not getting married in a temple not doing any of that stuff like we just have to be on the same page and she was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, the church thing does make me kind of nervous. But I was like, and that's fine. And if it makes you nervous, then I get that. But I'm telling you now so that you don't feel like I wasted your time. You know? Yeah. So I was pretty real about it. Giggity says, is she legit Mormon looking to convert you? No, she's not. So she's not trying to convert you? No. Okay. Um, which base, Jake? First. Okay. So what does that mean? That we, you know had a nice time i don't know i don't even remember what all the i i think i don't know it's first base kissing i don't remember to be honest with you okay yeah first base is kissing did you get to first base no we didn't <sighs> um you know the less you go fat jesus says the less you go to the doctor the worse the anxiety is about going to the doctor yeah so i'll Truth. go to the doctor today i'll starve myself for half a day we'll get it over with and then i'll come home and uh, i'll eat five guys how about that you what are you a five think? guys guy though well, I haven't had five guys in how long? Long time. All right. What did we food prep this week? Uh, well, we didn't food prep anything. You I food prepped. Food prepped. Yeah. So you, what did you do? Slow cooked uh, barbecue chicken? Two pounds of uh, chicken cutlets in a slow cooker. Um, by the way, I'm actually proud of us. Well, Wait, me. What? I broke out my power washer this okay. weekend. You broke out the power washer? Okay, well, technically, you took it out of the box. Yeah. But I'm the one who had to construct it and then blow everything. Right. Yeah, you're good at blowing everything. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's me. Right. Um. You know. Yeah. Uh, but we used a power washer. Like, we actually, like, you know, blew some leaves out of our backyard. Like. Okay. Question for all the commenters. When yeah, you're okay. leaf blowing. Here we go. And you blow your leaves into the street. Do you have a responsibility to pick them up? Or should you let the HOA landscaper deal with that? All right. So we have a huge tree in our backyard. And it, of course, took a crap and dumped all its leaves on the ground. In the meantime, staining my brand new pavers. Thanks. Thanks, Mother Nature. Uh, Anyway, so, you know, being the guy that I am, I have all Ryobi tools. So I took out the Ryobi (laughs) blower. And And it's electric. It is. No, it's battery. Or battery. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and blew all the leaves out in the alley. And I was just going to leave them in the alley because we pay an HOA fee. And clean that up. And they don't ever do anything for the fees that we pay them. Right. That's what we've been over many times. You know, that's what an HOA is. (laughs) An HOA is only in existence to do nothing. Yeah. So, like, they're all in the alley, and my wife is like, honey, here are those bags to pick up the leaves. And it's going to go into crisis lockdown mode here at the house. Uh, and she starts picking up the leaves by hand, putting them in a bag. And I'm talking 
like a lot. A lot. This is like, a lot of leaves, motherfucker. Like this is hide your dead body in that pile yeah, of leaves. Yeah, it's like, a lot, dude. It's a lot of leaves. And so yeah, she's like, honey, like we need to pick up the leaves. Never mind that we're being bad neighbors. And I'm like, okay. Um. All right, that's fine. No. <laughs> so. Of course, my wife then wants to like cut every tree and branch and prune and rose bushes and just, you know, all of it. Yeah. So we're like, I'm like, okay, go ahead. You know, keep working on all the shrubs and stuff. We'll take care of the leaves. Right. So it took us about 20 minutes to shovel all these leaves. I actually used a snow shovel. I've had experience with this growing up in Chicago, like scoop all the leaves up, put them in two bags. So two huge huge 50 gallon trash bags full of leaves. yeah like the big the big uh black you know 50 gallon ones and i still maintain that we should not have double bagged it we should have left them on the ground in the alley that like i tried to do with you as a kid before yeah, you, but it didn't you know. work out anyway yeah. that was a sperm joke I think anyway yeah the point is um i think we should have left them on the ground because i hate my hoa frankly <laughs> and i i i pay my hoa a lot of money <laughs> And they don't even like we have to ask them to trim the bushes around our house like and they won't even do that. And they do a, like there's leaves all over the freaking ground in this joint. Yeah. But like, you can't leave a couple leaves in the alley, you know, like, hey, but if you're 10 seconds late with your HOA payment, which we have auto debited. But if you're 10 seconds late, we're coming to foreclose on your house because it's garbage. Losers like it just is. It's, it's so it's frustrating, garbage, dude. I pay like 500 bucks a month for my HOA. And what do you actually get out of that? Well, I'm supposed to get like, we get like free boat rentals. We get the lake. Daybreak is a great place to live. So you're supposed to get manicured streets. You're supposed to get, you know, like they paint your house once or twice every lifetime. You know, like they, you get the lake, you get the ducks, you right. get the this, the, 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 nothing. The answer is nothing. It's just not worth it. Yeah. What you get is, hey, I want to replace my back door. Will you approve it? No. <laughs> no. That's what you get for it. Yeah. And it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. I'd be frustrated too. But you still replace the back door. Well, you know, there's COVID. There's a, you know, employee shortage. Whatever. I don't, I, I'm still paying my 500 bucks. Yeah. Man. There wasn't an employee shortage in processing payments. Dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. Um, you know, like Giggity says, do, do you get a reach around with your HOA? No, not even, not even, you don't even get to first base. Spinal. We, we have an HOA epidemic in the state and in Arizona, by the way, Jake is suppressing his opinions to project her feelings on date one. That is a Mormon marriage in the making. I agree. Okay. I agree. Kay Nuren says the Jets need Zach back. Yeah, they do. Tanner Plummer says, on my mission, there was a high school Latter-day Saint girl who would date guys only to get them to meet with missionaries. I hated that she did this and told her to stop. Wow. Okay. Brylark says, 1,000% let the HOA take care of it. You pay way too much. That's Thank what you. I'm saying. Let them take care of it. And Mrs. Monty was like, oh, well, our neighbors are going to hate us. Yeah, never mind. You're being a bad neighbor. Honey. <laughs> okay, well, listen. Maybe I'm a terrible neighbor. But the freaking HOA. Facts. And then I go to GNC yesterday. Ah. Dude. And my wife food preps, like when we say food prep, like she makes like five dishes for lunch on Sunday and puts them in the fridge. Correct.
So it takes her like 13 hours to shop for just the spice aisle <laughs> for all this stuff she makes. <laughs> so we dropped her off at Harmon's in the district. Yep. And there's a GNC like on the other side of Target at the district. So we went to the GNC and it's 1140 something. 46. And there's a note on the door. Oh, sorry. Because of a labor shortage, we won't open until noon today. Suckmyass.com. I was so mad. And then when they do open, the lady doesn't say two words. She's in the store already. Unlocks the door, doesn't open it and say, okay, hey, thanks. Well, come on in. Come on in. No, just turns the deadbolt and walks away. And then, me. yeah, it terribly vexed. Like she doesn't even help when we go in. Terribly vexed. It was frustrating. It was so frustrating. I'm tired of, hey, let me put a note on my drive-thru sign or my front door or whatever uh, telling you we're closed, even though we're not going to update any of our online presence to reflect that we're closed. So Saturday night was date night for me and Mrs. Monty. Yeah. yeah. So we go to Laganarcha in Harriman. Okay. How was that? Oh, outstanding. Okay. Authentic Mexico City Mexican food. Laganarcha in Harriman. Outstanding. Great service. Good food. We go to this paint and sip place. Like, and it's on my Twitter, my picture. I'm freaking Picasso over Picasso here. Picasso and stuff. And they're fully staffed. Okay. You know, like, had a great experience. Speaking of Mormons. <laughs> oh, God. So there's like, it's a small room with 15 people in it. And Mrs. Monty and I were early because... We, we went to Lagunarcha, ate our food, stopped at Maverick to get water and gas, and then just drove. It's over in uh, West Jordan off of Redwood Road. Right. And so, you know, we're like there early and we're like, oh, you know, like waiting. And then all of a sudden this group of 15 people come in. And they've got like all kinds of liquor. They're like loud. They're like 30-somethings. And they're all talking about going out to the bar after and country line dancing. And they're drinking like these, you know, Bud Light seltzers. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Right. right. And they're all like, hey, are we going to church tomorrow? No. Like, and it, and then they all start talking about being Mormon. And it's just like. It's so weird how many people fight the religion. God bless. You know, like, but I'm they serious. Do. They do. It's so odd to me how many people in Utah feel the pressure to live the LDS lifestyle, but then don't live the LDS lifestyle. They just want to be able to say they live the LDS lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-faced life, right? If you're doing that, you're, you're going to church and everything's hunky-dory while you're inside the building. And then you leave and you're sipping on seltzers and going to the bar and all this stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, uh, Spencer said, if you not being Mormon really does make her nervous, I guarantee you there's a part of her that is hoping you'll convert. Yeah, probably. I never said she was going to be my wife, just to be clear. I never said that. <laughs> yeah, that, you're just looking <laughs> to take the car on a test drive. I mean, I never said that. that, you know, I was like, committed to the girl after day one who I mean, buys the cow when you can get the milk for free yeah i mean come on 
That's not what I said. You're a terrible person. I know I'm a terrible person. I don't go to the doctor and, you know, I'm not Mormon. I Says guess. the kid who told me once, I don't like the way you treat women. If you ain't first, you're last. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is, the, the, I don't, I, I, it, it bothers me a bit that, listen, if you want to live a virtuous life, live that life. Mm -hmm. And there are, with discipline comes sacrifice. Yeah. To be disciplined, you have to sacrifice. That's every day. It's, and it's absolutely the truth. And I don't understand why, why so many people fight with their faith in this, in this country. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is family politics. I think a lot of it yeah, is, is certainly it is is the the climate of the of the church and the people around you when you're going to church. Like it's just the whole. Yeah, it's cl very clear that the judgment is very strong. You know, like there's a lot of judgment towards your actions if you're in that church. And and, and again, I'm not trying to disrespect. I'm just saying like that's what I see all the time. So by the way, paint and sip was a hell of a good time. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, it was so much fun. Okay. Like we had to do, it's so funny. We're going to Maui next week mm -hmm. and we had to, the painting for this week, we didn't get to pick it out, was a volcano island scene. Wow. And you, so as a couple, you're supposed to take one half of the painting and your significant other takes the other half. And it was perfect. It turned out great. It turned out great. I think my volcano was the best volcano of the night. And I, I, I can't usually draw a stick figure. This worked out perfectly. Like color blending. I'm really into the whole paint and sip thing. I yeah. really am into, I, if you are, I don't think it's a first date kind of thing. No, it's a little too intimate. I think it's like a third or fourth date thing. No, it's not. You just got to know each other a little bit uh -huh. because you actually have to work together oh, okay. to do the painting right. And I actually thought it turned out great. It was so much fun. Like we had a good time doing it. Nice. It's a great date night. Paint and sip is a great date night. Now, for you, yeah. What's a good date? Because you tend to be coffee or dinner. Yeah, because I go on a lot of first dates. That's the problem. This is, we've discussed this. We've been over this topic before. That's why I go to coffee and dinner a lot because that's what first dates are. But you were willing to buy this girl Cheesecake Factory. No, I was willing to buy me Cheesecake Factory, and in the process, I would pay for hers too. So the fuck? That's exactly what I just said. That you were going to buy her Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, but my point is, is that like. I'm I'm not there because I'm like, oh, well, I'm so passionate about paying for her dinner. I was there because I have to go out on a bunch of first dates. Right. And, I said you were willing to buy a yeah. girl you'd never met who, well, by the way, who, by the way, again, that's you didn't FaceTime or talk on the phone. Because she refused. Don't. She refused. Then why are you going out on a date with her? Because that's what we have to do as guys nowadays. No, it's not. Okay. Well, then I'm never going to go out on a first date because nobody ever wants to FaceTime or talk. Okay. That's probably like eight to ten people strong now. I'm I'm just saying. So eight to the the last eight or ten women you spoke to said I'm not going out on a, a I'm not going to talk on the phone. Yeah, or I, don't, I don't. I'm. They all say I'm uncomfortable with FaceTiming. It's awkward for me. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. So I'm telling you, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not as easy as just opening the app and meeting somebody. Jake, I know you. Uh, James Knight says I know you love your cars. Mm -hmm. Just curious, mm -hmm. would you buy a car without taking a test drive? Nope. Nope. There, you answer your own question, man. I live up here in Davis County. The missus and I have a hard time finding ideas to go out. Is it worth the drive down to Harriman to do the painting stuff? There's, Oh, yeah. There's got to be other 
paint there and sift around. Be. There has to be. There, yeah. has, there to has to be. There has to be, dude. I mean, it's so much fun. Absolutely, Bolton. It is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, there there has to be others. You know, around, like yeah. there there absolutely there is. Yeah, but that's that's the problem with dating nowadays. Like it just is it's difficult. It's it, it's you can't get on the phone or you know Facetime with people because they're just unwilling, and you know you end up doing coffees and dinners and you know. So yeah, maybe I should get physicals more often. Maybe this you should. Rate. Jesus. Yeah, by the way, we share the same doctor, right? Yeah, I'm going to your guy, whatever his name is. I don't even know what his name is. It's the in the app. The nurse is nice. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying, And man. that is the nice thing. It's two seconds from my house or my apartment. You know. Yeah. I'm just saying. It ain't. Anyway, all right. Um, before we get out of here, because we do have to go. Yeah. How excited are you about Hawaii? Uh, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited that... Why'd you hesitate? I'm excited. No, because it's not just Hawaii. I'm excited to be. This is like my second or third to last week working for the year. So I'm excited to be, you know, finished with that. I'm excited. I'm excited not to work a lot. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to, like, get some time, you know, to just do whatever. It'd be nice if Park City would open. You know, yeah, it would be nice if snowboarding would open because we're going to have to go to Tahoe or Denver here pretty quick. I'm super stoked. You you don't seem that excited to me about Hawaii. No, I mean, I am excited. I, it, I'll be more excited when I get there. That's how I am. Like, I just want to get there, and then I'll be more about it. One week to go. Yeah. You know, but this is a super important week at Yelp, and there's business to be handled. So I'm not in vacation mode yet. Yeah. Brylark says, Park City is COVID ground zero for Utah. All I know is it's also snowboarding ground zero for utah so that's why i want it to open i ain't yeah. looking to go hanging out with knowing you know yeah i ain't trying to go to the bar and country line dance yeah i agree should probably play the music because we have to go uh good to see you. if you're here please give us a thumbs up we really appreciate that if you're watching this on replay give us a thumbs up anyway you know you want to and if you're listening on the audio podcast you're amazing as well find our audio podcast anywhere you get your podcasts including spotify apple you name it, just search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show is where you find our audio podcast. Subscribe. Thumbs up. Brylark says the show was okay today, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate, appreciate that. that. Uh, leave us a five-star review on Yelp. Appreciate it. There you go. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>